Coming up on this episode of the Mario Rosenstock podcast. Hey there, Leo. Hey, Richard. <laughs> it's great. It's great to hear you. I'm really enjoying the interview so far. Oh, great, great. Um, and it's great to hear somebody who's actually, um, you know, even more posh than I am. <laughs> <laughs> actually being interviewed, because normally I'm in an interview, I'm usually the poshest kid on the block. <laughs> but, you know, you went to Michael's, so like... You know, you are seriously, you know, wedged. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's great. So uh, yeah, I think I think Leo, you always kind of use that to try and distract uh, attention from the issues that I'm actually raising. Uh, well, it's actually true though. That you went to Michael, didn't you? <laughs> well, that might be true, but is it relevant, Leo? Uh, relevancy, is it is it relevant? I don't know. See, we're arguing already. You know, it's just two posh guys arguing. It's like as if we're in Kylie's. Yeah. Uh, So if there is such a thing as a celebrity politician, God forbid, then Richard Boyd Barrett might make the cut on that front. A very familiar face and voice on TV and radio. Richard is eloquent and outspoken, uh, passionate, goes against the grain when it comes to the doll dress code, for example. And he's mates with one of the world's top supermodels, Bella Hadid. What more would you need? Well, he doesn't actually know her, but she does follow him on Instagram, which is all that counts these days, really, isn't it? And uh, has been sharing a few of his posts recently. More on that coming up very shortly. This is a conversation I've been waiting to have for quite a while now. And it didn't disappoint, in my view, anyway. Yeah, I don't know what to say about it. I mean, like, from my point of view, I, the sooner I can get out of there, the better. You know, just <laughs> get the stuff that you want to get done, yeah. done. Uh, get the issues out there and then get out of there. You know, because yeah. it is a bubble. I used to be a punk rocker. Did you? I used to be a punk rocker. Did you have Back a band? in the day, we had a really, really awful band. Called? called Bad Image. Bad Image. <laughs> Bad Image. We were absolutely <laughs> dreadful. Nationalist politics, Sinn Féin or any other form of nationalist politics, is always going to have a difficulty overcoming the Green-Orange Division, the Catholic-Protestant sectarian division. That was not created by Sinn Féin. It was created by the Northern Ireland state, by partition, by Britain. But I think that is a big challenge to overcome that. I don't see why you should yeah. wear a uniform to be representative in the doll mm. and wear a uniform that maybe is associated with a certain professional well-off layer of society that doesn't really reflect the reality of our society but mostly it was just because those are not the clothes I wear or, and I never have Stay tuned for my full chat with Richard Boyd Barrett which is coming up in a couple of minutes Now the man of the week probably is, again, once more, our president, Michael D. Higgins, in hot water uh, again this week for mm, dipping his toe into the world of that alien world, which he knows nothing about, politics. Yes, that's right. The president of Ireland um, is deemed, of course, uh, that, it shouldn't, that he shouldn't get involved in the world of politics, that he should remain aloof and above it all. But this is very difficult for somebody as passionate as Michael D. And as you can imagine, um, earlier on this week, after he made his uh, passionate uh, um, statement about the shambles that is the Irish housing crisis, describing it as one of our great, great, great failures. Um, we got access to his voicemail machine in Orisonucthron, which, as you can imagine, was literally buzzing. You've reached the President of Ireland, Michael J. Higgins. Please leave a message after the tone for poetry inquiries. Press hash. Thank you. Uh, Mr. President, uh, this is the Taoiseach going forward. Uh, while I understand your, your, outp- your, rather your statement regarding uh, the housing crisis, I would respectfully ask uh, that going forward, uh, you would give us the heads up before uh, embarking uh, on such an enterprise in the future. Uh, thank you. 
Mr. President, this is Mary Lou MacDonald, co-gardicus, on sticking it to the government for, frankly, the housing shambles. Isn't it great to be able to excoriate government policy without all the hassle of having to actually do anything about it? <laughs> chin, chin, keep sticking it to the capitalists for the little people. El Presidente! This is Brendan O'Scrodehor from the Revenue Commissioner's Property Division. Just another reminder, please, if you wouldn't mind furnishing us with an estimated value for the three properties listed under the name Mr. Michael D. Higgins. Thank you. Michael D., it's me. I forgot to get milk. Could you run down to the centre and get some? Uh, and a fried Turkish delight as well. Michael D., Michael D., Michael D., this is Joe Duffy, Live Line. Good afternoon to you. Would you, mind, would you mind coming on the show any time this week to talk about the housing crisis with the passion that you did earlier on? This transgender thing, it's killing me. I need something to take the heat off. Dublin Pride, they're all over me. They're all over me. I need to get them off. Give us a call. 1850 715 815. Michael D., uh, this is Leo. Um, well done on speaking out about the, uh, the housing crisis. I have to say... It, it was a brilliant stunt, uh, something that Excuse I would... Excuse me, is that you on the phone? Who is this? What? Oh, sir, sorry, is that you? This is the president, and that was no stunt. How dare you? I will speak out whenever and wherever I see fit against the uh, vagaries well, well, and rapacious greed. No, Mr. President, you what? shouldn't be getting involved in politics. Uh, I will involve myself whenever I feel that I should involve myself. And Give no little... phone, please, what? Leo. Yes. Mr. President, this Hello? is Pascal Donoghue here, yes. if you don't mind. Yes, the Minister for Finance, in bed with the cuckoos. Now, Mr. Vulture. President, I'm warning you, I Vulture don't want funds to... raping our land for all the values of the billionaires. Will you listen to me? What? You shut your bleeding cake, old pops, Rui. Excuse me? Stay out of the bleeding Leinster house business, or I'm warning you. I'll be up to that park, and I'll box the body bleeding head off you, you towerag. Yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> and I knew Pascal Donahue, or Ballymun Pascal, as I affectionately know him sometimes, uh, would get a, a look in on the Mario Rosenstock podcast. And that's it. Uh, exclusive comedy each and every week when you tune in and subscribe to the Mario Rosenstock podcast. It's only here, folks. You'll only hear that here. Um, and we're delighted to provide it for you. And please keep following. Please keep subscribing. If I just ask you to do one thing, just tell one person about the podcast if you've enjoyed it. Um, you can follow me. Um, I'm on Facebook. Uh, you can follow me. I'm on Instagram, Mario Rosenstock Official. I'm on Twitter, at Mario, And you can contact me directly, MarioRosenstock at gmail.com. I read them all and I get back to about 97.5% of them. Now, as I mentioned... I've been wanting to have a chat with Richard Boyd Barrett on this podcast for a while now because I've always been very interested in his vision for the country and indeed the vision of people before profit. What drives him, though, to be consistently the voice of protest in politics and what he thinks it'll, it will it take to achieve equality across our society? And we get right into all of those things. But I had to start the chat with the recent news about how the world-famous model, Bella Hadid, had been sharing Richard's videos with her own 50 million Instagram followers around the world. Richard, first of all, tell me about the Bella Hadid thing. I'm fascinated with that. She is 52 million. She's 52 million followers. Yeah. On Instagram. Yeah. And suddenly she she's she's um what she's platforming or she's promoting she's promoting people before profit. Yeah. Well, listen, it's a good thing. I'm delighted. She's an international supermodel. Yeah. Yeah. And how did you come across her? To be honest, I had never heard of Bella Hadid before, but uh, I I think. It was because uh, I had done a a video had gone viral about, about a speech I did in the Dáil about double standards over Palestine and Iraq and Yemen right. uh, and the Ukraine. And yes, 
uh, I'm assuming because she's Palestinian that that's how she got it because I was aware that it had gone it had gone around millions yeah. of views around yeah. the Middle East oh, in particular it, yeah. millions Ooh, yeah. yeah I was amazed really amazed yeah. uh, so I think that's how it happened and uh yeah, yeah. She's, I mean, she's, she's, she's. You need to monetize those views, Richard. <laughs> How do you do that? Well, <laughs> st- stop calling yourself people before profit and start calling yourself people for profit <laughs> or tweeters for profit. Yeah, tweeters for uh, profit. Yeah. So uh, yeah, so she got behind it, and then did she do it twice to you? I, apparently, now you know. I this was reported to me that mm. she shared another video that I did last week. Yeah. And are you on Instagram? I'm on Instagram, right. but to be honest, because we use. The Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, or whatever yeah. to kind of put out political messages. There's quite a few of us working exactly, on it, and I'm not an expert on Instagram. You know, right? I don't associate you with holding up the sort of duck face no, to camera no. and <clears throat> and kind of you know doing the old selfie about people before about housing yeah. and stuff like yeah. that. And but we do like we would discuss. Say, listen, we're trying to get a promotion out for this protest, or yeah, uh, we think this issue needs to get out there. You know, something we're trying to say on a particular issue. So. We discussed that, and somebody who knows Instagram better than me, who works with, with yeah. me, will put it out. So she had fifty-two million followers, and that yeah. was quite a large. Did, did, you know, did you did, did you was that did you feel the impact of that one? Yeah, there was yeah. A, like I ended up getting a lot more followers. Yeah, on Instagram, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Twitter, and Facebook as yeah. a result of it. Yeah, uh, that's so, amazing. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that's fair play to her. Like she's obviously, you know, she might be a supermodel, but she's obviously interested in what's going on in the world. Well, yeah, yeah I mean, everybody's a lot of people. Everything is politics these days. Yeah. The whole yeah. world is politics. So you're actually in the real rock and roll now, Richard. <laughs> well, like, used to you be a rock and roller, by the way? Uh, I used to be a punk rocker. Did you? I used to be a punk rocker. Did you have Back a band? in the day, we had a really, really awful band. Called? called Bad Image. Bad Image. <laughs> Bad Image. We were absolutely <laughs> dreadful. And what? what uh, I played the bass, yeah. if you can call what I did, mm-hmm. playing the bass. Uh, now, a few of the people who were in the band have gone on to actually be fairly decent Go away. musician now hold on I mean you know at a kind of middle level but like Gippo who was our lead singer back yeah. then he's got a band called the Dub Tones who've been going ever since yeah. and they're really decent and they Very played good. like with, with, I think they played with the Clash uh, I think they played with the Roots and you know yeah. and yeah he's still doing it uh, yeah. but I was I was brutal to be honest I um, was, would you have been brutal. would you have been a fan of all that sort of grungy punk rocker would you have been a Nirvana man for oh no, example? no 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 that's later that's later yeah no we would have oh been, you would have been like CBGB's and all that and no we would have been like Clash Pistols <clears throat> The Roots uh, so never mind the bollocks all that yeah 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 uh, the Clash probably even more so yeah. but I did love the Pistols and reggae we, we used to call ourselves Ja Punks so ah, you know okay. we were into ska and reggae uh, as well as punk Bad Manners Bad Manners yeah, yeah absolutely yeah, baggy yeah. trousers baggy trousers yeah, yeah. yeah speaking of baggy trousers one of the things that you're known for is your dress sense <laughs> <laughs> And I don't know if that, and that's not why Bella Hadid was retweeting you. I, I'm sure it wasn't. Yeah. But um, you're very casually dressed today. And yeah. that's one of the things in, in, you come from this madhouse, of course, called Leinster House. Yeah. yeah. And um, you, you kind of object to their dress code, don't you? I mean, I didn't so much object as I didn't feel I should com- have any obligation to conform to it. Yeah. And, I, you know, I didn't. And yeah. uh, I don't see why you should yeah. wear a uniform. 
to be representative in the doll mm. and where uniform that maybe is associated with a certain professional well-off um, layer of society that doesn't really reflect the reality of our society but mostly it was just because those are not the clothes I wear or, and I never have yeah so yeah. why would I so you would be on the same side of the fence <clears> as <throat> Nick Wallace and uh, well, I mean, I, to be honest, we didn't discuss it. Do you yeah. know what I mean? I'm sure Mick Wallace has his own explanations as to why he well, wears no, what he wears. Well, I'm not suggesting that Mick takes you aside. Yeah, and says, yeah. Why aren't you going for the yeah. old pink T-shirt? Yeah. But it was or, never any discussion. I mean, the only people who made it an issue was the former Ken Corla, Sean Barrett, who did apparently take a lot of umbrage to it yeah. and made efforts to try and clamp down on it. Yeah. And then it turned into a bit of a, a debate. But mm. I think most people thought, this is ridiculous. What mm. are we even debating this for? And that was certainly my mm. view. And I think when that... It was a waste of time. It was a total waste of yeah. time. And I think when that message came back to Sean Barrett and to the government, I think they decided, we, yeah. we let this drop. It's not really doing us any favours. Is there a lot of waste of time in Leinster House, do you think? Uh, there's a fair bit, yeah. yeah. There's a fair bit. Um, and that's an interesting question. I mean, like, for me... Because there's so many issues that we're trying to get in, to, to push, mm. there's never enough time, do you know? Mm. So you're always looking for opportunities mm. to raise this issue about mm. housing or health or, you know, mm. what's happening in the world. Mm. Uh, so you've, you're trying to get real substantial stuff there, but mm. yeah, you you feel a lot, quite a lot of the time the stuff mm. being debated that is of little interest. Mm. But, you know, maybe it's just because it's issues that I'm not interested in. I mean, well, somebody has an investment in probably most things that are discussed in there, mm -hmm. you know, but it may be sort of niche groups mm. that have a particular interest in a particular piece mm. of legislation. Yeah. Well, everybody's a lobbyist in some form. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're all yeah. lobbying for something. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, what's it like in there? I mean, when we see it in Oireachtas Report and everything, it yeah. seems very serious. It seems yeah. um, very... Uh, a little tribal. I mean, the, the setup in itself is tribal. Yeah, one yeah. is sitting. Did the the government sit on one side? The opposition sit on the other yeah, side. Yeah, yeah. And um, you argue with each other. You generally tend to disagree. Yeah. What happens when the camera goes off and 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 the mics go off and you go out into the corridors? Is it is it? How would you compare? Is it like a school? Is it um, you know are, are Varadkar and and Pascal patrolling the the corridors like <laughs> like prefects? <laughs> Um, do you kind of sit out there, you know, do you and Paul Murphy and all the other people before Profits sort of lurk around in the corner smoking fags and going, there's those assholes from, <laughs> from Fine Gael and, you know. Well, I'm the only smoker in our group okay. and I, I hate to confess that I still smoke, but I yeah. do. Yeah. So do you talk to There each is other? a smoker's corner. Is there? Uh, yeah. Is it outdoors? Uh, it's outdoors and yes. it's where you sort of, you do cross over into and who else who would be in that smoker's ah, corner I know I can't I can't be Can saying you know? I can't that's not fair to say really who's, who's smoking but oh. anyway nobody no, none of the big names actually right uh, none of the big names but uh, yeah is there I mean there's a lot of politicians and ministers whispering in the ears of uh, journalists mm -hmm. so there's a lot of journalists floating around oh are there yeah uh, and a lot of people yeah whispering in corridors yeah but yeah, I don't know what to say about it. I mean, like, from my point of view, I, the sooner I can get out of there, the better. You know, just <laughs> get the stuff that you want to get done, yeah. done. Uh, get the issues out there and then get out of there, you know, because yeah. it is a bubble. Yes, it's, it's you very know, much it's a, a bubble. bubble. And Do you think that it's true to say, because I think this is one of the things that's universal in, yeah. in politics around the world, yeah. that, that it comes down to it comes down to a point of view from the public that they end up saying, and in my view, rightly, that politicians in these institutions 
um, in these legislative institutions, mm. whether it be Westminster or Dáil Éireann mm. or Congress or Senate, mm. they are in a bubble and they actually don't know what it's like to live a normal life. Yeah, I think there's certainly a big danger of that. Right? And I think it's something you've got to guard against. I can't speak for others. I'm not going to speak for them as to whether they're guilty of just becoming completely part of the bubble and detached. I sometimes feel that. Uh, but I can't absolutely know, do you know? And mm. I was thinking about this funny enough this morning because I thought you might ask a question like this. But I'm certainly always very determined to try and and take my lead from the real stories and issues that individuals bring to me mm-hmm. and then try and kind of bring that stuff. Mostly it's housing misery, but it could be, you know, all sorts of just suffering and yes. hardships that people are suffering and try and bring that in. Uh, and force the political system right. to kind of confront that. Um, and then you're kind of, most of the time you feel you're finding yourself very, very frustrated because what you get are mm. civil servant scripted responses mm. that don't really answer your question. Okay, and so really what you're referring to is, a, is a quite a sclerotic, um, slow-moving, a clogged-up process. A clogged-up process, yeah, yeah. which you find frustrating. Uh, incredibly frustrating. Well, two things. First of all, I'm really glad you thought about our interview before you came I in did. here. And I'm really glad. And second of all, we have our first caller on the phone. Okay. It's Leo Varadkar, would you believe? Say yeah. hello to him. Uh, hey there, Leo. Hey, Richard. <laughs> it's great. It's great to hear you. I'm really enjoying the... Um, the interview so far oh great great um, it's great to hear somebody who's actually um, you know even more posh than I am <laughs> actually being interviewed because normally normally when I'm in an interview I'm usually the poshest kid on the block <laughs> but you know you went to Michael's so like you know you are seriously you know wedged yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's great so, uh, yeah, I think I think Leo, you always kind of use that to try and distract uh, attention from the issues that I'm actually raising. Uh, well, it's actually true though. That you went to Michael, didn't you? <laughs> well, that might be true, but is it relevance, uh, Leo? Relevancy. Is it is it relevant? <laughs> I don't know. See, we're arguing already. You know? There's two posh guys arguing. It's like as if we're in Kylie's. Yeah. Uh, what, what are you having, by the way? Uh, but anyway, no, I wanted to ask you a serious question. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, do you know uh, how I could get a retweet from Bella Hadid? Because <laughs> you said your followers went up. I don't, I don't, uh, Leo. But I think maybe, maybe uh, if you understood that the reason she uh, retweeted me Mm -hmm. is because she's very concerned about the plight of the Palestinian people and feels that governments like yours haven't done enough uh, to show support for them. I think that's that might arouse some interest uh, from Bella Hadid. (laughs) What you have to say? That's a fair point. just great listening to your mellifluous voice though really Richard you, know, you make me sound like a scope yeah well you've never been as as nice to me as this Leo so let's hope you'll be as uh, Thanks, receptive Leo. to my Thank- ideas and thoughts no, next well week well done Richard thank you Leo thank you Leo Varadkar is he, is he normally a little bit rude to you or standoffish or I mean look I don't spend much time yeah. chatting to the, you know, to them uh, so it's mostly political engagement yeah. I mean I might have the very very odd mm brief conversation in the corridor but mm. no to be honest I don't socialise yeah. with them so you're the smokers car you're in the smokers section I, I yeah I I do go into the smokers corner mm. but Leo's not there yeah. and uh, yeah I don't drink in the place yeah I go in there for a cup of coffee but yeah I don't I don't drink alcohol mm. in the members bar anyways. so if you went in there for a cup of coffee would it be like let's say you and Paul Murphy sometimes yeah sometimes yeah. Yeah. But no, no, I mean, listen, I, I'm civil to everybody. Don't get me wrong. I'm civil. I'm not going around holding my nose. I'm Good. civil to people. All right. I, can, uh, I, I like to be civil and I like to be friendly, but I also 
try and keep it sort of professional. I, I want you to do me a favor. Yeah. If you can. And it, call it an ABC. All right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, this, this is not this okay, is not funny. Yeah. This is going to be serious. Um I want you to tell me really, really simply, okay? Yeah. And don't be worried about uh, simplifying too much because yeah. I'll guide you through it. <laughs> What's wrong with this country and how would you fix it? Just real broad strokes. Very, very simple. Okay. Sort out the housing crisis. The only thing? I think if we did that, we would make such a difference mm. to huge numbers of people, but also it would free us up to mm. do other things. Mm. I mean, the amount of my time, energy, uh, you know, emotional resources even, that are taken up with dealing with people in housing difficulty. Yeah, I mean, you were saying before we started the interview it's that you were doing a clinic this morning and the, 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 the tales of woe yeah. on people, and it's mainly about the housing crisis. It's, it's uh, yeah, mm. and it's just totally unnecessary. Mm. I mean, you would have thought, like, in the 21st century, in one of the wealthiest countries in the world, we could sort that out. Because, mm. you know, I mean, I don't know if you've ever had to couch surf or had difficulty getting, a, you know, finding rented accommodation, but, like, I have. Luckily, I'm okay now, but... It's miserable. You mm. can't function. It Do you own your own house? Uh, no. Well, not not until recently. Mm. Uh, not until recently. Mm. But now I do, yeah. Right. And you had to get a mortgage, presumably, and all no, that. No, I didn't. It was a family member. I got, oh. Yeah, family member. Passed on? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, I, I mean, I know when I was younger in the private rented market, it was an absolute nightmare. And I would hate to be in that situation. Yes. Now. And when I see people trying to just find the needle in the haystack of an affordable place, yeah. not being able to, being homeless, being on a council list for 20 years. I hear this every day on the radio. And you you listen to the first two minutes yeah. of what they're talking about. And then after two, two and a half minutes, you get lost in a miasma of... Well, that planning application has been put through, but the planning will have to wait 18 months. And then those developers, well, sorry, you know, you mentioned developers, developers, la, la, la. Yeah. And, and, then, and then I'm lost and I'm going, sorry, will you just tell me what, what the obvious fix for this is? The state has to build public and affordable housing. Brilliant. Stop there. Why won't the state build affordable housing? I think because they uh, got swept away with this you know, what is known as neoliberalism, mm. that sort of Thatcherite approach to the economy where the state withdraws from everything yeah. and you leave it to the private market. These neoliberals, yeah. these guys, see the problem in front of them. Yeah. They see that this is the problem of our moment, yeah. of our time. Yeah. This is the overwhelming problem. Yeah. Any fool can see this. Yeah. They are neoliberals and yet they are unwilling or unable to step in to solve the problem that would surely get them re-elected for the next 20 fucking years. Why won't they then... So, so uh, if I'm to take it from you, yeah. they need to buy land. Yeah. They need to build and houses. Often they have the land. Oh, they often they have, have it. They have the land. Yeah. And they need to buy houses for 350,000. Well, and, they and can build them for about 200 to 250. They themselves. Can build them for 250,000 and put them on sale for 250,000. Yeah, yeah. They can because why will they, not they do don't this? have marketing costs. They don't have to okay, have a and profit why will they margin. not do this? I think because they are being very, very heavily lobbied by private property and construction interests. Uh, well, who and are if, saying? I think they're they're saying to the state, well, if you start selling houses at 250, how you the put hell... down the prices of our houses. How will we sell them for 450? Yes. I honestly believe that's the problem. Yes. So you're saying that, and I'm not being disrespectful here. Yeah. Um, as everything comes down to socialism and p people before profit, you're saying that there's a financial, a capitalistic incentive here that is stopping us from building houses, affordable houses. 
Yeah. Okay. So so in very simple terms, that's okay. it. So yeah. therefore you're saying, as it'll always come down to it, capitalism is a busted flush. It's broken. Yeah, I absolutely And you are that. a socialist. I am a socialist. And so you would advocate for capitalism to be replaced by socialism. I would. What is socialism then? Socialism In is, our context, in Ireland. Yeah, socialism is about saying that people and the needs they have should come before any private uh, interest, right? Pro- you know, for profit, pursuit of profit. And that it should be an obligation on society to meet people's most basic needs. Okay, give us a list of those needs. In, housing, in, 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 education, okay, so When you health, say housing, everybody should be able to have access to a house yes, at a reasonable price. At a secure, affordable Housing. Housing. Okay, housing. Education. Yeah. Education. What is education? Free? R- free right up to whatever level you can achieve. All right. Next. Uh, health. Healthcare. And what kind of healthcare? Universal healthcare. Universal healthcare. Access to a free. hospital. Cradle to free. the grave. Cradle, Cradle to, the grave. to the grave. Cradle to the grave. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, that includes nursing homes and, you Absolutely. know, everything, right? What else? What else? Uh, oh. I... Yeah, I mean, I think you've got to have um, supports for people who have special needs and disabilities. Mm -hmm. I think that is absolutely critical because, you know, everybody has to have equal access to society and to, you know, their own potential. Uh, So I think there are lots and lots of people who don't have that access. I'll take those four four topics. Housing, education, healthcare, and people with special needs. I know there's more and I'm not... There's many more. Yeah, and I'm not going to... to, I'm not going to, and I know you know those, but I'll just take those four. Mm. So I wrote down a tick beside every one of them. Mm. I 100% agree with every one of these. Not only that, I 100% want every one of these. Not only for myself, but for my brothers. And I use that word sparingly. I I, I use that word a lot. My brothers are the people who walk the streets of Dublin and Ireland. My brothers and sisters. Sisters, Um, I'm not a hippie. I'm not a communist, but I do like to describe people who who are strangers to me as potential not strangers but potentially my brothers yeah, yeah. we are homo sapiens who exist on the same planet together absolutely um, and I'm going if we all agree on these things yeah. and why, we do why doesn't that happen yeah I've seen that for example in America I've seen extensive polls done in America where 80% of people agree with universal healthcare yeah 80% of people agree for example yeah. with, with let's say women's right to choose yep and why aren't this th- these things happening? So what's getting in the way, Richard, of the overwhelming desire of people is to be good, to help, to help each other and to be happy. Yeah. Um, and to be free, obviously. Yeah. Without the constraints of, of communistic chains around us. Yeah, yeah. So why aren't these things happening? What's getting in the way? I think it is that a lot of the resources and wealth that is, would be necessary to deliver those things exist but they are in private ownership uh, I mean you look at our health service huge amounts of our health service and that was part of the debate of the National Maternity Hospital are in the hands of private religious organisations or just plain private organisations so that is a barrier to us delivering an integrated national cradle to the grave health service yeah. uh, if they were in public ownership it would be possible um, but as long as you have that fragmented, privatised system, I don't think you can do it. Uh, and there is resistance there, it, from those 
owners of you know those parts of the health service and of the land and the resources and the property there's resistance to that change and I think they unfortunately the people who have a vested interest in maintaining the status quo have the ear of some of the biggest political parties in this state mm. and I think that's true on housing I think that's true on education and I think that's true on a, a whole range of issues uh, I think certain people think it might cut into their profits mm. or their ability to make profits uh, if you were to establish certain things as basic rights. Mm. You know, like a developer might think, well, if I have to build all houses to universal design to allow accessibility for people yeah. with disabilities, that might cut into my profit margin. Correct. So okay. I resist that. I get it. So yeah. what you're saying, yeah, I get it. So what you're saying again is with respect, and I don't mean to be, yeah, yeah. To, to, I don't mean to tar you with yeah. with your own brush, mm. but what you're saying again comes down to the immovable object. It's capitalism again. I th- yeah, I mean, yeah. it sounds like a cliche, no, but I, yes, I, I do honestly think but, that is the problem. But I'm yeah. trying to move forward with this. Yeah. So I get it. So it's capitalism. But then I wrote down another word here and it's democracy, yeah. just as you were talking. Yeah. And I kind of went in my mind, the reason I wrote down democracy at I went is because democracy isn't working in your model because let's face it capitalism is the idea where your your own liberty is protected and your property rights are protected mm. and democracy is one <clears throat> vote for every person but let's face it Dennis O'Brien has more than one vote exactly because his lobbying power is far greater than my lobbying power exactly. yes yeah. when we go to the polls technically Dennis yeah. has one vote and I have one vote yeah. but really yeah. my power compared to Dennis O'Brien yeah. is infinitesimally small Absolutely. and so basically Dennis then subverts democracy and people like him they subvert democracy yeah. by having more power than us because we cut into their profits yes okay yeah. so how do we shift that because democracy isn't working the answer is of course violent nihilistic anarchistic <laughs> overthrow so the only way you have two choices here um, Richard you can sit in a sclerotic clogged up bureaucratic um, um, uh, cistern uh, <laughs> to use a religious term yeah don't put too fine a point on it a cistern a cisternhood <laughs> don't mince your words there okay you? <laughs> or you can violently overthrow the nation and I'm going where else can we go because it's clear that as long as these vested interests are there you're not going to your dreams will not come true Richard Barrett Boyd Barrett's boat to use three B's in a row is <laughs> not going to happen yeah. Well, look, in. you're right to say that the change is not going to come through Parliament. It's not. Yeah. Uh, now, it, is that is that then to say there's no point at all in the parliamentary process? Well, that's a reasonable question to ask. Hmm. But the reason we stood as socialists in elections, and we did, I didn't always. I've been active in politics for 30 years. I've only been standing in elections for about half of that time. Mm-hmm. But the reason we made a decision is we felt you could use the platform to actually mobilise the sort of people power movements that can bring change. And I know that when I go into the door and I make a speech on some subject, the difference between the response of the government when there's 10,000 people outside making that point, standing on the street, and when there's nobody standing on the street outside, there's a world of difference in their response. So when you've got a big movement on the streets, oh, right. they respond. And now you raise a something. You yeah. raise something interesting now. Yeah. I think so. To me, the primary purpose: civil people power. Civil people power. Yeah, and the power of workers. So, so you know, sh- it, fuck what I said yeah. about violent, violent, yeah. nihilistic overthrow. Yeah. That yeah. doesn't count. What counts is peaceful civil protest. And yeah. we're not great at that in this country, are we? We have been at times, mm-hmm. but it's very episodic. And yeah. there's been some brilliant examples of it. Mm. Uh, and uh, It seems the French are quite good at it. The French are <laughs> quite good at it, yeah. <laughs> good, if good is the correct word. Yeah, yeah, they are good. I mean, yeah, 
what would I say about France? I mean, there's some problems with the French kind of left, but there's some good, very good things. They have a great tradition of street mobilization, yeah. and that's good. You mean the yellow jackets, etc.? Yeah, I think there's a bit of a weakness, to be honest, in the French left in standing up to racism. And I think that has weakened the French left in that they haven't faced down effectively racism. Uh, And so uh, popular anger against, uh, you know, on real issues gets redirected into racist uh, agitation. And I think that's very worrying. And I think the French left and radical left and socialists haven't been effective enough in building a big movement against racism. And I think that's something we've got to guard against um, because it can derail the sort of progressive movements for change that you need to build. Correct, yeah. One of the disappointments, I think, about politics in Ireland at the moment is that there probably isn't a strong enough left at the moment. If you look at the idea that, for example, oh, maybe... This is my take on it now. Yeah. Ever since Tony Blair came along, that changed Labour in Ireland for good. Yeah. So basically they went more towards the centre. So yeah. Labour aren't Labour anymore. Yeah. This yeah. isn't the Labour of Brendan Corish or Frank Kluski yeah. anymore. This yeah. is the Labour. This is Blairite kind of Labour. This is pol- political acumen Labour. This is this is Alan Kelly going, I want to get into power, Labour. <laughs> I don't want to say anything. You know, I'll say anything. That's what it's about, right? Yeah. Um, and then there's you and there's Paul Murphy having a smoking and... and <laughs> Having a well, coffee. Paul doesn't smoke, in fairness to him. Okay, you are. Yeah, and yeah. you're smoking in Paul's face and you're having a coffee in the corner and yeah. the prefects, Varadkar and, and, and Pascal, are wandering down the corridor with their neoliberal whips, um, you know, on the phone to their lobbyists. Yeah. Um, and that's the way the country's run at the moment. Um, but there's a shame that it's there is a fair description. But there's, mm-hmm. but there's a shame that there's no uh, bigger, bigger left. There's, it's a big shame. And uh, maybe that's <clears> something <throat> that civil awakening could do. Yeah, I, I think that is the key. Mm. And I mean... I will say, but obviously this is me blowing our trumpet, but I do think Mm. people before profit are unique in that we do constantly try and take initiatives where we involve other parties on the left in trying to build broad coalitions and civil society groups. So, you know, we did that around the anti-war movement. Mm. So even though I was one of the instigators of the big protests in 2003, we proactively went out to involve Labour, Sinn Féin, the Greens, Mm. and broader organisations. Just in the last week, we've set up this, last couple of weeks, this cost of living coalition. And it was an initiative from people before profit, but we've invited to get involved, and they are getting involved, Sinn Féin, uh, other left parties have been asked to get involved, trade unions, pensioners groups, student unions, and so we're trying to build a big, broad civil society and political coalition to do, take, uh, you know, to force the government to take measures that will deal with things like unaffordable rents, the, you know, the cost of living increases and so on. So mm. that's a way, I think, if you if you build movements like that, that can put pressure on all of the left to try and come together. But you're absolutely right. The fragmentation of the left is a problem. Yeah. Uh, and that drift from mainstream social democratic politics towards the centre has caused a big problem. And it's yeah. discredited the left. There's no doubt. I mean, Labour got absolutely eviscerated mm. for going in with Fine Gael. It's true. And not only has the left fragmented, yeah. but the right has done the opposite. It's coalesced. <laughs> it's yeah. actually done. Yeah. It's actually done what it said it would never do. Yeah, yeah. Fine Gael joined up with Fianna Fáil. Yeah. And in your model, and, and I agree with your model, they would actually do the unthinkable, the love that dare not speak its name <laughs> yeah. to protect 
the book. They would, yeah, you're, yeah, you're, and they have done, uh, and I think they they want to keep the left out. Um, but I do actually think that coming together, Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael creates an opportunity. It does. For the left. It creates a it creates yeah. a gap. It, and so there's nobody else on the phone now. Jerry's on the phone. Say hello to Jerry. Jerry. Hello, Jerry. Hi, Jerry. Good um, <laughs> on Borlaug, Richard August, uh, Kiki Wilter. Uh, I'm pretty good, Jerry. Thanks a million. Yeah. How are you? Good. Good ma. I know she <coughs> don't have any Irish. Uh, well, I have school Irish, but honestly, I don't embarrass myself. By it's all right. You have a triple barrel surname, so it's grand. Um, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have used the word barrel there. Um, just a quick question for you, Richard. Irish starred. Um, why don't you come on over? Come on over. We have to keep you on your toes, Jerry. You see, I know we answer have a lot in question. common, but we have to keep you on your toes. Frag or uncashed? <coughs> yeah, we got. Why don't you answer the question? Why don't you come on over? Because <laughs> we got to keep pushing you left, Jerry. I'm worried that you might get into bed with Fianna Fáil, so we have to just keep keep the pressure on you to keep pushing you left, just in case you, you got attracted by come the idea over, of jumping in. <laughs> you don't mind if I call you Rich Darn, do you? I don't mind, Jerry. No, 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 no I don't mind at oh, all. Thanks, Jerry. Um, <laughs> Richard, he raises an interesting point. Why don't I come on over? Well, no, well, well, that sounds like a punk rocker song. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it sounds like you know. It sounds like uh, what was it like that 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 um, that, that undertones one? Um, it does, yeah. Teenage kicks. Teenage kicks. Teenage yeah. kicks. Yeah, 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 yeah. Great song. Yeah, yeah. Teenage kicks right through the come on. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, no, what I was going to say was, um, Jerry raises an interesting point. Would you not come on over to Sinn Fein? Now, let me paraphrase that. What's wrong with Sinn Fein? From Richard Boyd's Barrett's point of view. I'm not a nationalist, primarily, mm. do you know? But you could uh, I'm, inter- be. I'm interested in the United Ireland, but... There you go, that's enough, he loves you. <laughs> yeah. But I, yeah, I mean, I'm an internationalist in that sense, and a socialist, right? And that's yeah, my... You're not really... A, that's my baseline. Okay, but forget, let's just say you parked that and went, the lads on, <laughs> the, lads on the shinners, they like their little join up thing <laughs> but like I can get with them and we can do the socialism together uh, but I, listen we did vote for Mary Lou for Taoiseach in the, in, yes. after the 2020 election so you think that broadly some of their economic policies would be in line with yours did you? we have l- enough common ground for us to support them in government and we would and we right. made that clear in fact I think we're probably the only force on the left that said that clearly some of the other parties on the left I don't, don't, I don't yes. want to start attacking people no, no, but you know well, some of the other parties on the left are are and continue to be unwilling to say that. Yeah. Uh, we think that, that a lot of the desire for change, political change in this country, is being expressed through Sinn Féin, and we think they have a right to be in government if they can construct a majority, and we would support that. We have differences with them, and as I said to Jerry there on the phone, mm. we're slightly concerned that they won't rule out going in with some of the right-wing parties and making the same mistake that Labour and the Greens have made in the past. So... We think that's why we think that you need an independent socialist uh, force. Yeah, the reason I'm saying, force. Jerry, is because we just bearing in mind what we talked about mm-hmm. that <clears throat> people need to make compromises about yeah. what they, what they, you know, you can't get everything on the menu. Um, and you need to make compromises. If you are in that position of faced with a, a neoliberalist capitalist agenda, you need to make compromises and go, listen, let's all join together and create a block that, that can take on these guys. That's yeah, what I we, have, we have very actively advocated. Yeah. In fact, Do you have meetings with Sinn Féin? Uh, yeah, on particular issues. And then we met with them and discussed at great deta- in mm. great detail uh, uh, trying to put together a program for government, a left minority okay, program cool. for government. Yeah. Do you think that people's um, certain people's worry that Sinn Fein is not actually Sinn Fein and that it's being run by a shadow cabinet of hooligans is uh, there's anything to that, or was that something you'd worry about? <clears throat> 
Uh, I think that is used a lot by Finnefall and Finnegale mm. to try and justify. Do you think it's nonsense? I mean, look, there was an army, right? There was the IRA existed, mm. and uh, did they influence Sinn Fein politically? Yes, but I, I, you know, I don't think there's any prospect of the IRA sort of re-emerging. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's a bit of an excuse yeah. at this stage. One of the big differences between us, and we'll see how all this plays out, but I think nationalist politics, Sinn Féin or any other form of nationalist politics, is always going to have a difficulty overcoming the green-orange division, the Catholic-Protestant sectarian division that was not created by Sinn Féin, it was created by the Northern Ireland state, by partition, by Britain. But I think that is a big challenge to overcome that. And I think you need a politics that speaks to people, to the common ground that people have rather than keeping within those sectarian mm. tribal divisions, mm. right? And I think that's where socialist politics mm. is important. Mm. And that was very much the view of people mm. like James Connolly, mm. you know, that was to try and build a politics that was based on the common interests of working people, whether they were Catholic or Protestant. Yes. Uh, and okay, we're small, we're modest forces, but we got somebody elected in West Belfast, even in the recent assembly elections. Yeah. And we, that's right. yeah, we're, you know, we are building in the North. Yeah. And we, we did get votes both in Protestant and Catholic areas. Do you ever want political power? I, 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 I'm I not interested in political power. Mm. That's an interesting thing to say, isn't it? Yeah, I'm not. And uh, that, that and that's not to say that if we honestly thought that we could, by being in government, implement the sort of changes that I think are needed yeah. and that people are looking for, yeah. would you be part of a government? Yes, but on the strict conditions that that's what it was about. Right. That it wasn't about just being in office so you'd for do the sake it, so, of it. So, so, so if, 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 if Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael needed two seats and they said, people before profit, and they said, Richard Boyd Barrett, will you give us your votes? And you said, yes, as long as I can be minister for no. housing. No. You wouldn't. No, because they wouldn't they let said, me. They wouldn't let me. What if they said we will? They won't. What if they said we will? Well, if they said they would, they'd have to. They'd have to embrace what an, if they a socialist program. <laughs> if they if they if they embrace a, a seriously socialist program, well, yeah, but that's not. Sorry, Leo Radker's on the line again. Will you say hello to him. Uh, hello, Leo. I uh, uh, you just lost me there on embracing a socialist program. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I thought that would be a step too far. Okay, for you, just Leo. take us through that first of all. Do we have to wear um, a dungarees? Uh, no, that's not necessary. There's no, there's no new okay. uniforms. That's scratch that. Yeah. Do I have to smoke rollies? Um, no, no, that's not, not okay. required. I, I don't have to go near Dunleary Dole Office. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't think they'd want you to go anywhere near well, Dunleary uh, Dole no, Office. No time for scopes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Just checking. Yep. <laughs> that's great. So see. Okay. So you know. You know. We never know how that's going to go. No, but I, I think that fairly tells you that mm. it's unlikely. Look, let's look That's back. That's scenario let's, you're let's, painting. Let's look back now. at 2020 vision. Yeah. This is an interesting one, 2020 vision. 2020 vision. Hindsight is 2020 vision. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the way we, we retrospect, always... Retrospect. Retrospect. Hindsight yeah. is 2020 yeah. vision. Yeah. And there was something I wanted to bring to you in hindsight. Yeah. So we all went through this horrific economic crash together. Mm-hmm. 2008. I remember hearing the names Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac for yeah. the first time and going, what? And yeah. This became the most two important words of the week. Yeah. Um, <clears> and they <throat> collapsed. And so the world <clears throat> collapsed and layman's collapsed and all this. And then we went yeah. into this thing. And then we went into austerity and the Troika came and the IMF and all these strange people started coming into our countries being yeah. interviewed by Vincent Brown and, yeah, and, yeah. and in press conferences going yeah. who, 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 who are you anyway? <laughs> who, who, who gave you the mandate to come over here and do this to us? 
How dare you? Right? Yeah, yeah. And then people like you, and I don't mean that in an disparaging way, I mean that in a, in a good way, yeah. were saying, this is austerity. This austerity is a sore. It's yeah. a, it's, 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 it's a, it, the, 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 the cure is worse than the disease. Mm-hmm. Um, it's punitive. Yeah. And then a few minutes ago, you said, um, you know, we can fix this housing problem. We're one of the richest countries in the world. Yeah. Now, I don't want to unfairly conflate those two things. Yeah, yeah. But did we, st- do you still stand by the, the, the notion that we did the absolutely wrong thing? by adhering and playing ball with bondholders and Europeans at that time? Or should we have told them to fuck off like Greece? Yeah, I think we should not have done what Mm. they uh, forced us to do. Mm -hmm. And the most obvious example of that, again, to go back to my, you know, hobby horse, is the housing issue. We would not have a housing crisis now if we had ignored their advice and used what was briefly the biggest property portfolio in the world, NAMA, where we had all pretty much all of the major uh, residential construction land in state hands. Mm. If we had not sold that back to investors mm. and had to use that to deliver public and affordable housing, which we were arguing at the time we should have, we wouldn't have a housing crisis now. Okay, It's as simple as that. But the Troika insisted that we sold it back to the market, that we sort of went back to... To, you know, to, make, a, to, to, to make a return on it. To, yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm. To remarketize it, for and a better word. To that extent, they, yeah. they, did, they did get a return on it, didn't they? Of some they kind. did. They got a return on it, but we didn't mm. get... We, we, we handed public, it away. The people didn't get a return yeah, on it. We yeah. handed away this a massive portfolio. Mm. And, I mean, I had a young woman into me t- today, right, who is highly qualified... Uh, in a sort of medical profession, okay, and she's well paid. Uh, she was she's earning over three thousand euro a month, and she was going. She she answered an advertisement for an apartment up in Cherrywood in that land. That was a huge Nama site. I know it's flogged yeah. off right <clears throat> for eighteen hundred, no fifteen hundred euro for a one bed studio, or seventeen fifty for uh, for another slightly bigger one yeah. bed, right? She applied for that and they basically told her to get lost. Mm. They wanted all her income details and then they said, uh, we're not renting this to you. We looked up the company and it seemed that what actually was happening, most of the stuff in in this Cherrywood development was being leased en masse by big multinational corporations for their staff, right? Mm. So her thought was, now I need to look into this, is that they have no interest in renting at all to mm. individual renters, mm. that they are just renting it on block mm. to big corporations where they're guaranteed, mm. you know, big, large amounts of money and it's mm. absolutely secure so they don't really want ordinary tenants. Mm. Uh, now, the point is, that is the biggest residential development in the country. It could solve the housing crisis in most of South Dublin if it was affordable, but it's not going to because the state gave it away and the people now controlling it are only interested in profit and have no interest in solving the housing crisis. Yeah. And that is the legacy of austerity. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, my, it's depressing. Huh? It's depressing, but it's a fact. No, no, no. It, it, it is absolutely awful. It is It is absolutely awful. And um, just apropos of that, um, um, uh, 
comment you made about that we did do the wrong thing still yeah. about the austerity there was a good interchange between you and Michael Noonan back uh, through <laughs> the years and, and I actually have it here and he's on the phone he's going to read it out for us so say hello to Michael Noonan <laughs> right hey Michael how are you doing Richard <laughs> it's great to talk to you again <laughs> I'm 80 years of age but Mario passed me on the script and I'm delighted this is an excerpt from the doll hearings in which I described your attitude to the Trika and the IMF. Ah, yeah. Bide Barrett. If you want to apply the Greek prescription to Ireland, go out onto the streets, burn down the banks, hurt a few people, kill a few lads, and suddenly you have a solution. A solution? Really? Everybody then will roll over and they'll just cancel your debts like that and I'll live happily ever after. I said that in a sarcastic tone of my wife. He, he had a good turn of phrase. I'll he give did. him that. I'll give him that. He was he, he was funny. He did. Uh, he did. And he knew how to he knew how to fight back, you know, yeah. against an argument. Yeah. But nonetheless, he was the architect of a disaster in my opinion. And and him more than anybody. And that, I don't say that with personal no, sort no, of animosity, animosity. No, but no. I I think he really believed in it. Mm. But I think it was an utter disaster. Mm. A related <laughs> topic because we played ball with Europe. Yeah. Yeah. And in your opinion, it could have been way better still if we had just told them to fuck off. And the money could have been regenerated, for example, or the, 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 the privately held land could have been yeah. Yeah. used. And I'm not sure what they would have done then. I'm not sure, but I think we should have called our bluff. Yeah, I think we should have called our bluff uh, because there was a moment when the Greeks, the Portuguese, uh, the Spanish... Uh, the Italians were all in a pretty similar situation and there was a sort of moment mm. where if one or two of those uh, states had said listen we're just not doing this mm. we're just not doing it because we're going to be crucified by it I think they could have shifted the whole of the European Union in that direction mm. right and uh, it would have been a big problem for Europe to face them all down okay. but we didn't take that mo- you know our government and all the rest con- capitulated and I think the consequences were not good let me see. Willie, Willie O'D is on the line as well. Say hello to Willie. <laughs> hey there, Willie. How are you going there, Richard? Yeah. Thanks for not giving me away about the old smoker's corner there. Yeah. There's nothing I like more than puffing up an old John Clair Blue with yourself. <laughs> How's things down there in Limerick, Willie? It's grand. The hey. housing crisis is desperate down here. Richard, yeah. Richard, we need some anarchism down here. Yeah. We, we need some communists down here or Trotskyites. Yeah. Well, they, of course, they did have the, the Soviet down in Limerick we in did have 1919. The yeah. yeah. You should worked, look into that. That worked fucking Look into great, that, Willie. Yeah. That didn't work fucking good at all. Yeah, that's great. I wonder. Yeah, I think that was the high point no. of Limerick history, no, no, to be no, honest, no, Willie. No, I don't know. I, I think it's more than cigarettes you're smoking there, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> good luck. <laughs> Jesus, that was a bolt out of the blue there. Um, Martin King is on the line from TV3 or Virgin Media. Oh, oh, how are you? (laughs) Richard. Richard, you remember me, the weatherman? Oh, yes. The weatherman on Virgin Media. (laughs) Listen, the six o'clock show, we're having a fashion special tomorrow. A dull, a rockless fashion special. And we noticed you, we noticed you slaloming down the catwalks there in your lovely little clothing. No, I cannot put you in touch with Bella Hadid, Martin. No, 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 no. yourself we're looking for. (laughs) We're having a doll special tomorrow. Mick Wallace is coming in in a mankini. Uh, Leo Varadkar is coming in with his top off. And we're wondering, would you come in and model something? What do you what do you do you like sandals? Oh, listen, I loved it, Mark. Sandals. I loved it. We see you in a kind of the Jesus area. The, yeah, I do like Jesus is a socialist as well, wasn't he? <laughs> 
Unfortunately, I'm busy, Mark. We've got a few loads of fishes as well. <laughs> We're going to get you to hand them out to the poor people. <laughs> Listen, Martin, another day, definitely. But you're not throw on a pair of sandals and sort us out, will you? Leo says he'll get the top off. <laughs> Well, it sounds good, Martin. You're tempting me. You're tempting me, but no, I think I can make it tomorrow. I'll retweet Sorry. you on your next tweet. I know. I only have 12 followers myself, unlike Bella Hadid. Yeah. Oh! <laughs> Michael D. Higgins is on the line. <laughs> How are Say you, hello. Michael D.? How are you? Yes, indeed. <laughs> it is wonderful, Richard, to listen to two socialists. Well, I'm not a socialist, Michael D., please. Well, yes, you are. Both of you are rubbing each other up the right way. It's wonderful. It's like a little socialist porn movie. It's like a, a, a socialist snuff. I'm really enjoying it. Really wonderful stuff. Um, Richard, I just wanted to ask you a personal question in the sense that would you have had seen eye to eye with my politics, for example? Or would you have would you have been, if to use a, a, a metaphor, in bed with me in that way? <laughs> well, it's only a metaphor. Thank you, Michael D. Thank you, Mr. Oh, President. Well, of course, myself and Michael D. shared uh, shared many a bus down to Shannon to protest <laughs> over the use of Shannon during the the Iraq War. So, mm. yeah. Uh, Pascal Dunne is on the phone. Yeah. Uh, say hello. Yeah. How are you, Pascal? How's yeah. it going? Good, good, good afternoon, <clears throat> Richard. And yeah. it's very nice to talk to you. And I thought that you were extremely capable today <laughs> and extremely civil. And I thought you got your point across excellently. <laughs> So Thanks, thank you very much. Thanks, Just Basel. one small thing. I would really rather you wore a shirt and tie into Leinster House on Monday, if you wouldn't mind. Myself and Leo and Richard Bruton will be checking up on you. And uh, we're going to be um, awarding conduct marks from now on. Um, we've been lobbied into doing so. Yeah. And so anybody not wearing a tie will receive three strikes. And uh, if you accumulate those strikes, there will be a penalty to pay <laughs> and a sanction to um, to to under undertake. Okay, well, I'll take that into consideration, Pascal. Stick on a tie for a moment. <laughs> stick on a tie for Pascal. I enjoyed the conversation, Mario, and fair play to you. Good, thank you. Yeah, thank you thanks for, joining for asking me. me. You're welcome. Thank Keep you. up the good work. Thank you so much. <laughs> that's it from Richard Boyd Barrett, and that's it from me for this week. Hope you enjoyed the chat. Uh, please, as I said earlier, subscribe and follow MarioRosenstock at gmail.com if you want to get in touch with me. Next week, it's Cal Thomas. Oh, no, not Cal. Yes, that Cal of Cal and Marion. Oh, Matt, 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 please. Oh, Cal, shut up. Marion, yes, go ahead. It's Cal Thomas um, of the infamous triumvirate that is Matt, Cal and Marion. Coming up next week on this very show. Bye bye.